0: On five minutes past nine, and it is the Garden Show here on Midwest Radio for the next fifty-five minutes. And Pory Corkin is with us in the studio. Good morning, good morning, Deirdre. How 50 are you today? Fifty-five minutes. Fifty-five minutes. Fifty-five Counting. <laughs> yes. TikTok. <laughs> now. <laughs> That's all we're giving you today.
1: Good morning, Deirdre. Good morning, listeners. How are oh, things? Great. It's yeah. been a fantastic week in the garden, hasn't it? It
0: has. And this morning is just gorgeous. Beautiful. We, had to, we were after having to put the blind down. because yeah. The sunshine. First is time of the year, probably. Yeah. And it's a great feeling.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. It's been a great week, and with that extra day length as well. I mean, we've over 12 hours now of brightness so uh, I know the frost is is quite heavy at night time but it clears off very, burns off very quickly so it's not doing any damage Um, certainly it's not penetrating into the soil to any great depth Um, and certainly even this week I was digging over I must thank the guys in in Westport there and Peter Duffy's they hired me a rotavator during the week and uh, it's made a great job of the garden great uh, job of the garden soil and the frost at night time then breaks up that soil and gives a lovely tilt so it's really good weather I think I was saying that last weekend that it's very good for digging over soil preparing soil in general it's nice and dry it's easy worked and the frost then at nighttime that comes along really breaks it up and gives it a very good structure so any any listeners considering digging over the veg garden or doing a bit of rotivating, certainly the weather at the moment is very good and I'd make use of the next two days mm. because I think we are back to milder and of course damper wetter yes. weather so really you know just thinking about the garden the type of things I, I would be doing over the next two days uh, spraying would be one um, any weed control that needs to be done if you need to clear off an area, weeds are beginning to to certainly come forward some are in flower, I think you were telling me earlier the dandelions and the well, daisies I, spot Yeah, it.
0: That was one of the things I observed during the week um, mm. I suppose we're still really waiting for growth to we take are. off as such, um, but I did notice that uh, the ones that are coming through were some daisies and a collection of dandelions the in a corner yeah. of our own estate so said, oh, flower, Here we go yeah. now because I think when temperatures probably come back up a little bit more, they are just going to take off You're going to see a a huge
1: jump in growth because if you think about it, growth is very late. The black thorn isn't in flower. The cherries should be coming Mm. into flower at this time of year. Um, They're not flowering yet. So the season is extremely late and you're dead right. Once we get that milder temperatures, which is coming Monday, Tuesday of next week, and the the moisture, you're going to get really really strong growth. Um, So my advice for you for the next two days is do the jobs that you need some dry weather for. So certainly any weed control around the garden. If you need to clean off an area, if there's some Weeds that you want to treat, then we'd have ideal spraying conditions, calm conditions, dry days. So once the frost clears, it's so from an eleven o'clock onwards, it's ideal uh, conditions for putting on, say, your pre-mazer or weed-free three sixty. If you want to clear off an area, um, certainly the putting on any fertilisers again with the moisture coming, it would be very good if you want to feed some rhubarb or fruit trees in general, or you want to put out some lawn care. Some you want to feed the grass because grass really. Is looking very sad at the moment. I think Every you got, got
0: some good pictures of that from me during the week.
1: You <laughs> sent it through to me. Yeah, your, yeah, the moss. So it's obviously working. The moss, I it can is, see the yeah. osmo working yeah. There's very
0: quite well. Quite a few brown patches now.
1: There are, mm. and and you're also the the the, moss, the grass itself is yellow. It's gone brownish in colour. It's actually gone back since February, um, and you'll see that in in grassland as well. There's been absolutely zero growth, mm. and if anything, grass has gone back. But with the mild temperatures coming, getting on a bit of fertilizer over the next two days will be highly advisable because the moisture then will carry it in the milder temperatures then will get the grass back into good condition again so really i'd use the time the the next two days to really to get the those sort of jobs putting on patio magic for example if you've got moss right. on tarmac atoms or slates or mm. tiles and you want to get rid of that then an application of patio magic will will, will uh, eradicate that as well so use the next two days really to tidy up the garden to get on any treatments you need to put on um, any sprays you need to put on and also then to put on some fertilizers because the growth is, is just around the corner.
0: Okay, and just to be fully prepped and get the maximum yeah, value out well of it, then it. when it does There's kick in,
1: we might get a we might get a day a spraying day again. For, yeah, for, for quite a while. Quite a while. Yeah. But it is it's ideal conditions if if you are feeding or, or um, getting any out any weed control or any of those sort of jobs. That's the or digging over soil. As I say, we'll have frost again tonight. So again, that frost is really uh, beneficial in breaking up the soil and and getting the soil ready. So and it's also good planting weather.
0: Okay and you're you're having hedging
1: we are. We're having a hedging weekend uh, next weekend. Uh, well, two things. We actually have a hedging weekend because, again, there's quite a lot of hedges still, dead hedges still in gardens. Mm, there at the are, moment. actually. I'm still amazed yeah. three years on. <laughs> we're still People are still hopeful that they're going to come back. But so it's a gro- good time to start putting in hedges. Because the season is late, the Beirut, Beirut season is still, we've certainly got another week or 10 days to put in Beirut plants. But hedging in general, coming into the spring, is probably one of the best times to put the hedges in because they've got the whole growing season there to settle in before winter and it's a really good time to plant so we're having a hedging weekend we have one of ireland's leading hedging growers coming down to turlock garden center next saturday and sunday and he'll be talking about all the different types of hedging plants available he'll be advising people say if you've got a seaside garden you want something really specific that's going to tolerate that seaside Mm -hmm. conditions come down next saturday and sunday so that's the 13th and 14th of april so it's uh this day, next week, and, and Sunday. Um, we also have Mr Osmo coming. Okay. <laughs> <We've been laughs> he talking could be about very him. busy, I think. We've been talking about them for the last couple of weeks and people, I think, are getting, uh, again, the Osmo that people have put on, it is slightly slow to work because, again, the the conditions have been so cold. But you're going to see uh, excellent results on that over the next uh, week or 10 days. So next weekend, we we have um, Mr. Osmo coming down to talk to people about lawn care. So if you're thinking about putting in a new lawn or you want to just get your lawn back into good condition, come down next Saturday and Sunday and uh, any garden or any lawn problems you may have, bring them in. As well, and we'll be on hand to to tell you what to do. Great. So stuff. that's next weekend. That's uh, the 13th and 14th of April. Uh, hedging and, and lawn care—they're the two big focuses for the Saturday and Sunday.
0: Okay, great. Well can, it's a free
1: day. You can you can center. you
0: can show him the pictures of uh, like the moss in my garden. Yeah, 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 yeah an example <laughs> see, see how things are, are progressing. We <laughs> I mean, might even have a, a bit more for, for next weekend. Um okay, great stuff. So we um have lots of questions in. We might come to one or two first of all, Pork, and yeah. then uh, take a quick break to get the ball rolling. Uh if people do have questions for Pork this morning, uh you can text us in. It's oh eight seven nine hundred forty one forty one. Uh with thanks to Brendan and all at C and C. Cellular, you can give us a call either it's 0818 3055 and Teresa will be taking calls for us as usual and garden at midwestradio.ie if you want to email us a question for the programme. Right, we're going to start with bees and actually my mum was asking me about bees and asked me to ask you last week and I think it went out of my head so this will cover it. Um, Very active all of a sudden. Is it that the weather is just getting that bit warmer? Of course it is, yeah. yeah. And what type of plants if you were looking to encourage bees in your garden?
1: Well again, I've, I've noticed them out bees are very active for the last probably um, certainly the last two weeks um, and particularly on, on spring flowering plants I suppose they will finding it very difficult because normally the blackthorn will be in flower and some of the early spring flowering plants will be blooming now like forsythiae um, I've seen them on heather in particular mm-hmm. and they'll, they'll be foraging on any sort of if you've seen the dandelions they'll actually uh, dandelions are full of pollen uh, so the, anything at all that, that has that spring Uh, colour bees are going to be active on at the moment. And it's normally the time of year we'd be cutting back spring-flowering heathers. Now, they're the winter heathers that have been blooming since November Mm. and they tend to go off a little bit uh, in April and you prune them back. But my advice is to leave them alone for another two weeks because there's still a good bit of colour in them and the bees are going to be very active on them. If you want plants that are good for bees, look for, first of all, flowers that have single blooms. So not those big double blooms that you see on roses or on camellias. They're very... um, ineffective for bees they want those nice single flowers and generally smaller flowers are actually better because they're produced in abundance And uh, tend to be, you know, the bees will work from one to the other. Other, So plants like cotoneaster, the ordinary common cotoneaster, will be coming into flower shortly. Mm -hmm. Great for bees. Philadelphus is one of my favorite plants, the mock orange. It smells of oranges. And it's got a a nice white uh, uh, single flower. Very attractive in in, uh, early spring or late spring, early summer. Really, really good plant. The brooms which are related to the winds uh, and the cythesis they're going to be flowering very shortly now, uh, just coming into flower, so they'd be quite good. Flowering redcurrant, a great, great early flowering hardy plant. Bees love that as well, and it forms a very good hedge. You can actually mix it with something like uh, Forsythii, which is the, has those beautiful um, yellow flowers in springtime. The two of those mixed together, the bees just love them, and uh, it forms a nice kind of formalin hedge. So really any of those kind of early spring flowering plants dear to Cotoneasters um, any of the spring flowering heathers the Forsythia the red flowering redcurrant brooms would be very good uh, Philadelphus Weegele is another really good plant Dutsia is an, another nice one um, will I go on?
0: No I think we're covered. <laughs> We've got so, I will be. Will, people will lose <laughs> maybe the names of them if we can continue of course on but there's, all, so there's really a huge, a huge amount.
1: amount and all the fruiting plants I mm. mean uh, you know there, it's a little early pears are just beginning to flower and um, uh, but to things like the uh, the plums, cherries and uh, apples will be excellent for bees as, as well. So any of those are kind of single flowering plants. He's right. just loved them. Huge amount of variety Plenty there. For stuff for them.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, you'll have no shortage. Now, somebody's got a question on thuyas. Uh, somebody planted 130 <coughs> thuyas on Paddy's Day and they noticed that some of them are going light brown at the bottom and some are going black. They're wondering any idea what the problem might be. They have <coughs> used sea mungus under them.
1: Yeah, well that's good. Sea, sea mungus is an excellent fertiliser. Mm. It's based on seaweed and it's very good when you're planting in new new trees or shrubs. For, so from that point of view, that hasn't done them any harm whatsoever. Thuyas are actually finding it difficult. This very cold weather we're having at the moment sets Thuyas back. Even even mature Thuyas will take on a brownish appearance, a kind of a... Um, they'll lose that nice, uh, bright apple green colour that they tend to have okay. and particularly when you get that heavy frosty weather uh, you'll get browning on thuyas so just keep an eye on that and um, it is it would be a, a bit concerning it going black and particularly when thuya branches go from brown to black they don't come back from that so it really depends how bad and how severe the damage has been on the thuyas but because there's been no growth for the last number of weeks I would leave those well enough alone. Uh, the listener has done exactly the right thing, putting the seamonger saying, wait for the rain or mild temperatures to come on and they should kick into growth. Any browning that is still on the plants, just trim that off, cut that away.
0: Okay, because I, I actually, I want to say good morning to Mary Lane this morning uh, because she gave me a question last Saturday after the programme for you. Um, also, a 2 question and but hers are going brown in the middle, she right. said. And well, they're, they're quite mature now. They'll be about 10 years old.
1: Well, older, older two-years by nature, if you open up the centre of the plant, if you just put your hands together and, and open up the centre, they're going to be brown on the inside anyway. That's na- naturally the way that mm. uh, two-years form and most conifers do because all the light and air has been excluded from the centre of the plant. So that would be totally okay. If it's coming out on the outside, mm. then the damage is, has been has been caused and that browning should be trimmed off. So only if there's browning on the exterior part, visible without touching the plant, okay. then that needs to be trimmed off. Again, a good general fertilizer, um, I would use the Osmo, the Pro 6, will be actually very good for trees and shrubs at this time of year. And again, a good time before we come into the wet weather to give them a bit of a boost. But if you examine Thuyas, even the healthiest of Thuyas will be, brown in the very centre of the plant. And that's totally natural. Okay, It's just be the light being excluded from the plant. Okay. So don't worry about and that. And the fact
0: that there's been, there's been a bit of poor growth up to now. Well, it's been
1: very slow. And, yeah. and two years t- t- tend to take on that. The, the smell of pineapples, if you actually rub the foliage, the lovely kind of pineapply scent. Oh. There's one for you now. Okay, I'm, so I'm try, course try that we're, the next time you're in years yes. <laughs> um
0: uh,
1: But they take on that brownish appearance uh, when we get cold weather. And okay. then come out grow out, back out of that again.
0: Okay. Yeah. Lovely. So nothing to be too. They're alarmed a good hardy
1: about. plant, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't worry too much about them, to be honest. Okay.
0: Uh, somebody would like us to just reiterate the name of the stuff that we said would kill grass, growing around plants, but not the plants themselves?
1: That's fuselade. And again, this weekend would be a good time to get fuselade on. So just to explain what fuselade is, it it kills grass only. So it's very effective if you've got a shrub or a hedge and there's grass growing up through it. You can spray it literally on the tree or the shrub or the hedge itself uh, and onto the grass, obviously, and it will just kill the grass. Now, be very careful around the lawn area mm. because if it drifts onto the lawn, it's going to damage your lawn. So it's, it's a specific lawn or a specific grass killer um, and very effective where you've got grass growing up through other plants. So you can literally apply it directly onto the shrub. It won't damage the shrub and will obviously eliminate grass, but it only kills grass, remember that.
0: Okay, perfect. Um, and somebody's got some briars growing along a ditch. Now they dug them out and they burnt them two years ago, but la- uh, but last year and again this year they're growing again. Is there any way to get rid of them, rid of them for good?
1: Right. Well, it's it's funny. A lot of briars, in particular, have been burnt back with the, with the very cold weather. Yeah. So it's obviously a very sheltered spot of the garden. I wouldn't treat them just yet. The answer is yes, there is. I would use um, weed free three hundred and sixty, which is a a treatment that's very effective on briars. My advice really is to actually put a bit of fertilizer on the briars now. So if you have a bit of 8816 or 5510 or a bit of general fertilizer, yeah. just throw a bit around the base them. Again, with the, with the mild weather, you're going to get very soft growth coming onto the briars. So within a two week period after applying the fertilizer, that's the time to treat them with the weed free 360, and you, it'll kill them off completely. It'll bring the treatment down into the root. And uh, briars, you know, they can have an extensive root system. So it will bring it back down into the root and kill from root level. There's no point just cutting them back. Um, They'll just reshoot again. So a little grain of fertilizer on them now. Leave them for two weeks and then apply the wheat-free 360 onto the foliage, the young foliage of the briars, and that'll see them off. Okay. Root, root and all. Root and all. Lovely
0: stuff. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, stay with us, though. We've loads of questions and uh, we're going to have a busy uh, programme, I think, this morning. So keep them coming to us. Oh eight seven nine hundred forty one forty one if you're texting. Uh, 0818-3055 if you're calling us. Uh, somebody is wondering about potatoes. Can they use all tractor tires to grow potatoes?
1: You can, of course, yeah. You can use... uh, Potatoes will grow... I mean, the the key thing really with potatoes is to have good garden soil and to prepare the soil really well, use some organic matter um, or some granulated fertilizer like Vitex. But using an old tractor tire or large tubs or containers, as long as there's good drainage there. The tires are a good idea, actually, mm. because as the potatoes are growing, you can put another tire on top of the original tire, just like earthing them up and put an extra soil in. So you can use old tires, you can use... um. You could use containers, large tubs of containers, raised beds, or just plant them out in the garden. So it's still a great time. For planting potatoes.
0: Okay, great. Uh, somebody has a new conservatory which gets a lot of sunshine. It's warm but can be ventilated. What plants could they grow to add some life and colour?
1: Well, it, uh, the main thing to, to, to think about with the conservatory is obviously they at this time of year it's fine, but as we go into July, August, mm, September very warm. Well, it can do. Now, the, the fact that it's been very uh, ventilated is yeah. a good thing. But straight away I'd be thinking of plants like um, the bromeliads would actually do very well in a conservatory and would tolerate the extreme of temperatures both right. uh, warm and cooler temperatures during the winter period Um fuchsias would be lovely the the um, ornamental free fuchsias would give lovely color geraniums would great give great color pelargoniums is a lovely scented pelargonium uh, it's a lemon scented geranium which is very good for keeping the flies away as well
0: oh excellent and it
1: quite gives that lovely lemon scent um, there's another really nice plant called mandevilla which is a uh, got lovely trumpet shaped flowers red uh, in colour evergreen foliage it's a semi-climbing plant and would be nice maybe on a frame or on a little bit of trellis in a conservatory area and that would give great colour it's just coming into flower at the moment nice red scarlet red trumpet jade flowers and they go, continue on till late autumn early winter mm. indoors so any of those plants over the winter period you could actually put things like camellias and have them flowering through the winter period which would be nice as well yeah. or, or uh, Christmas cacti would be lovely so there's really quite a lot of plants and um, that you can grow and even some of the ornamental um, fruiting plants like Peppers or chilies will do very well, particularly the shorter varieties, okay. and they'll be coming available very shortly now. Or some of the short tomatoes, oh, like the totem- citrus
0: for the little citrus perhaps. oranges. Yeah, there. I, 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 no, I didn't manage to keep it alive for uh, years on end, but I had one for a couple of years, and it was actually gorgeous. Yeah, and they're
1: yeah. they lovely white flowers, and you get the the fruit, and the fruit comes on for such a long period. So lemons. Uh, ornamental oranges, any of those. Mm. Look at there's a quite a wide range of plants uh, available. Okay, great.
0: Now, somebody has a difficulty with doves or pigeons. They're eating newly planted cabbage and Brussels sprout plants, and they have that they have in the garden. Uh, their garden area is quite big, too big really to net off. Would you have any suggestions okay. how we might so tackle doves,
1: that? Doves and pigeons. Mm. Yeah, and they will. They'll strip the foliage off of. Um, early cabbage in, in particular. So the, the the treatment you use is grazers. It's a it's a liquid treatment that you can simply mix in water, put it on through your spraying machine onto the foliage of the cabbage and once the, the pigeons actually taste it, they dislike the taste of it. It also keeps rabbits and deer and uh, any, any of the munching pests away. So okay. very good for, for pigeons, uh, doves, doves, rabbits and so on. So it's mm. grazers, you mix it up in water, you apply it onto the foliage of the Vegetable plant and that'll control it.
0: Spot on. Good time
1: actually to do it now. This dry weather would be ideal for putting it on.
0: Okay, so it'll have maximum effect.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh,
0: what's best to sow um, to cover an arch? Clematis and wisteria have both failed here, and roses would be too thorny because they have to walk through it.
1: Well, you can use some of the thornless roses. Okay, it's a very good variety called James Galway. It's a lovely double pink. uh, really nice variety, an Irish variety. Uh, so that's one to put in. It's a thornless rose, so there are no thorns on it. And with that, I would actually, I know the Clematis, some of the Clematis can be a little bit difficult, particularly mm. the summer flowering varieties, but the spring Montana, uh, which again is going to be coming into flower very shortly, will flower April, May sort of period. Very vigorous, very fast growing, ideal in an arch. And again, it's thornless. Uh, so that's Clematis Montana. Good time to plant it this time of year. Mm. It's quite vigorous. It actually covers, it will cover an, an arch within two years. Honeysuckle would be another of course, good plant, though, yeah, which is lovely and beautiful. Which would scent, be nice. Yeah. And, and I would generally advise mixing uh, you know, a range of different climbers. So roses, honeysuckles, maybe a clematis, uh, Montana would give you a really good mix. And the Montana would flower springtime. Honeysuckle would come into flower for the summer, as would the rose come into flower for the summer, James Galway. So look for that. That's available actually at the moment, James yeah, Galway. A really nice variety, easy to grow, and it's thornless. So you have none of those you
0: don't the sharp, you nasty You don't, don't have to worry about your, no. if you're wearing your Finery, and you're passing exactly. through that something doesn't get snagged uh, which can be annoying indeed um, okay so lots of options there and I suppose the different varieties also I mean if something does fail on you at least you know you have the other exactly, options you've there got
1: yeah. a they'll, they'll intertwine and, and scramble through and soil preparation again would be important to prepare the soil well uh, when you're putting in climbers because remember you're putting in a plant that's only two or three feet high mm. when you purchase it and that plant has to put on six or eight feet of growth per year so it does need good soil preparation is very important Okay.
0: Now somebody has some busy Lizzie's and they've been set from plugs. They're Good. dying off though, ah. Horic. Yeah. They're wondering would you have any idea why they might be decaying and they're doing so at the top of the soil?
1: Well, busy Lizzies, um they're probably 90% water and, uh, and again with the sort of temperatures we're having there's been very little growth even on seedling plants mm. even indoors um, so <clears throat> the thing and I, I did mention this before watering is very critical when, when particularly with plugs particularly in the first couple of weeks and uh, any sort of rotting or any sort of wet compost will cause rotting or botrytis on the which it sounds, this, the, the listeners describing it very well as, as botrytis which is a rotting of the stems uh, just at the soil surface and literally the seedlings just keel over so it's too much moisture in the compost favors that so particularly this time of year and particularly the sort of weather conditions we're having i would be allowing those busy to nearly dry out between water and keep the compost quite dry um until we get into milder temperatures and warmer temperatures and um but it's just the thing with busy they tend to be that a little bit delicate for the first couple of weeks until you get them well established okay
0: so, hopefully, just cut
1: back and hold back in the washing. Mean, and that would apply to all seedlings at the moment. I nearly allow the compost to dry, you know, reasonably well mm. before re washing and always water from the base.
0: Perfect, perfect. Uh, somebody has used the moss remover, right. I, Osmo, Good. I'm presuming you mean, to kill the lawn moss. And they have a number of bare patches in the lawn now. Is there anything easy to fill them in in the gaps now?
1: Yeah, well, again, and again, we're coming into the the right time to start reseeding. And there's a a product called Patch Magic, which is used for patching uh, grass areas or, or, um, you know, bare areas in in the the lawn. It's basically a mixture of fertilizer. Seed, lawn seed and quarry which is a kind of a a compost material and you literally just shake it onto the area. It's all mixed up together. You simply put it on again with the rainfall that's promised it's going to be up within 10 days, 14 days. So that's patch magic. It comes in a container. You simply just sprinkle it onto the surface of the the bare patch. You don't have to rake it in. You don't have to cover it with soil or anything. You just simply just sprinkle it on and as soon as we get into the milder temperature so it's absolutely ideal conditions. Perfect. Uh, Perfect day for for getting it on and uh, you should see results within 10 14 days it'll fill up those bare patches for you
0: excellent now somebody has a laurel hedge that they set the fast growing type okay. uh, since last year the leaves though are gone brown some of the leaves have fallen off and they look oh. like they're dying they're wondering right. any idea what might be causing this what well, can they do
1: well again I mean if they're newly planted they're they're the plants themselves are going through a, a little bit of stress, okay. um, and you know the weather factors. I mean, laurel. I was actually just looking at them yesterday. Mm. Uh, laurel in general, they're gone yellow mm. in most gardens. Um, you're probably you're are probably they're the same, a bit are yellow they? Yellow in my own garden, yeah, and, and they've you know they've just reacted yeah. to that very very cold weather. Plants are under that under stress with that you know when you get those kind of frosty conditions at nighttime and zero growth so look at don't worry about them I would just tip them back just take a couple of inches off the top of them put on a good granulated fertilizer so again I would use the Osmo Pro 6 would be very good but a handful to each plant again perfect conditions for getting it on because the rain will wash that in Mm -hmm. and you'll see lots of new growth within a fortnight coming on that laurel so don't worry about them they've just got a setback give them a good feed. Repeat the feed then probably at the end of April, the first week of May and you'd be amazed how much growth if they're the fast growing varieties they'll put on anything up to two feet this year great
0: now somebody has planted a cooking apple called bramley seedling oh, yeah, in the garden Friday. yeah uh, is one apple tree enough and when should they expect fruit from the tree
1: well one one apple tree on its own it's sounds very <laughs> lonesome <laughs> Aye,
0: it, needs, it needs it needs a friend
1: it does indeed well for a couple of reasons because bramley bramley is the old the Donegal apple as we like to call it it's yeah. the real old uh, okay uh, yeah it's about a, it's at least a hundred probably 150 years old really found in England uh, and 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 I believe the Original tree is still alive. A memory serves me right. Somebody'll probably correct me on that, but it's a real good old traditional variety. Great late c- cooking apple. So you're normally picking it in October, November, and using it through the winter period. It's generally the apple that you're buying in shops so at this time it's of the year.
0: Apple tart apple.
1: Yeah, and and it's what it, it it actually comes in very late in the season. Mm. It's also what we call a triploid, which means it doesn't. It's not self-fertile. Okay. Nor does it pollinate any other trees. Right. So it's one of these unique, and there are many. There are a few different varieties of triploid. So what that means is, it needs a partner. It needs actually two partners, oh. preferably. Right. Right. <laughs> we won't go there no, today. <laughs> so Moving it, ne- on. It, it, it needs two two uh, pollinators. So my advice is to put in James Greve, which is a really good eating and variety, uh-huh. and also put in a variety called Grenadier, which is an early. Uh, cooking apples. So, Grenadier will give you apples in July and August. You'll then have the Bramley seedling in autumn, October, November as a cooking apple. And James Greve is an excellent pollinator of all apple trees. Mm. So, any of those three varieties, or, you know, there, there are lots of varieties available, but the main thing is to get some partners. In with, the, in with the Bramley, in with Brussels, yeah, that you're, that you're it's really not going to produce. be productive at all. And how long
0: all. will it take then to um, produce fruit? Like
1: oh, a, it, um, it, it'll take it a probably another two years, okay. really. It, it, it is a, a fairly vigorous variety, so it puts on tends to put on a lot of growth for the first couple of years, and then settles down to fruiting. Okay. So you, you don't expect fruit for at least another two to three years off the Bramley. Okay, no
0: problem. Uh, what, what, what's what's it called trip what?
1: They're called triploids. Triploids.
0: Triploids. Okay. triploids. There you so go. New word now there for the go. day. Yeah, um, so which the-
1: basically means they don't produce uh, viable pollen, right? Uh, and they don't fertilize other varieties right. of and they can't fertilize themselves so on their own their they yogurt. remain sterile yeah, right. okay. yeah they so won't. they need the three they need the partners yeah, yeah they need
0: okay very good <laughs> somebody just got weed sprayed how long do they have to uh, keep their little dog away from the oh weed, you could weed look at it
1: a couple of hours after once the weed killer has dried in it's it's perfectly safe to let uh, pets back out in that area so with this sort of weather it'll dry very very rapidly so mm. within the same day you can allow the Pet dog back out again.
0: Okay, um, I know we've been touching on this a little bit. When can we seed a lawn also? Somebody has rushes in the lawn. How would they get rid of them and keep the lawn green?
1: Well, first of all, the, the seeding of a lawn, again, it's great weather for getting the soil preparation, which is really the hard job in getting any new lawn in. So it's the rotivating of the soil. It's the tilling of the soil. The soil conditions, as I said, at the start of the programme are just excellent for, for um, rotivating and digging over. So that's what I'd spend the time on. And again, once you've got the soil ready, put in a pre-seeding fertiliser. That is important. Put in a little bit of spring and summer pre-seeding fertiliser before you put on the seed. And uh, over the next week to 10 days, I'd get the seed in because, again, with the warmer temperatures, you'll get growth. April, early May is a great time to put uh, new seed in or to reseed an area or to to patch an area. Mm -hmm. So once your soil conditions are ready get the seed on well off you go yeah.
0: um, golden wonder potatoes lovely are they still to be got somebody grew them many years ago oh, and they'd yeah. like to try again and would you have any tips on growing them regards fertiliser etc
1: well they're, they're golden wonder are a main crop variety they're a, if you're like a really 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 dry potato the golden wonders are the ones to grow um, quite a good cropper you'd plant them at this time of year yes the seed is still available certified seed is still available on golden wonders um, it, it likes a, um, a really reasonably good soil so prepare the soil well, add in some organic matter. Vitex Q4 is the fertilizer to use on potatoes. It's very good. And um, planting them now, you'll be digging them out in September, October, and they store extremely well. So, yes, they're, they're still available. Relatively easy variety to grow. It will need a little bit of um, blight treatment during the summer period, because it's a, a main crop variety, and, mm. and you're not digging it out till really late autumn, early winter. Uh, but they store extremely well. They're also slug-resistant, so the slugs dislike them, find them difficult to eat. Okay. Um, but a, a really good variety, good, and a uh, good time to plant them.
0: Um, somebody's wondering about the Osmo Moss Killer pellets uh, on the lawn. Can you put them out even with the frost forecasted again this coming yes, week? Can, yes, yes, you can. Yes, you there's can. Put no them problem. out at any time at all.
1: You can indeed. Yeah. yeah. No, they they don't start to work until the temperatures start to to warm up until there's actually growth. So, but by all means, you can get them out today. And they'll work over this coming week.
0: Great. Uh, is there anything you can spray on over vegetables to control weeds?
1: There are, but I mean, you know, again, just be careful what That's you're. Fine, yeah, what, well, yeah. Uh, the main thing I would do really at this time of year, if you're preparing your vegetable patch, is to clean off any weeds that are there. Either hoe them off, and again, great hoeing weather. But also, if you if it's an extensive area, you can use something like the Weed Free Three Hundred and Sixty to eliminate any weeds. And that doesn't contaminate the soil. So any residue mm. just works its way out of the soil. Um, if you've got a large area of potatoes, for example, and you want to keep them weed free, you can use a, a treatment called linuron, which is used once the potatoes are planted. So once you've got the ridges prepared, everything planted, uh, finished, you can put a, a light application of linuron on the top of the ridges and that stops any weeds from growing.
0: Okay. Um, somebody's wondering, what would you use to feed daffodils?
1: Well, I, I mentioned this a couple of weeks back that the time to feed daffodils is when they're dying back. Now, lots of them are still in flower. Yes, only I mean, coming
0: into it in some instances. Yeah, and,
1: and one of the benefits of this kind of colder weather is that flowers that are in bloom tend to last a whole lot longer. You'll often get up to two weeks uh, because they're just, yeah. the cold weather just stops them from going off. Uh, the time to feed daffodils is once the flowers start to fade and we're, we're coming into that time of year. So, good liquid feed. miracle Grow, would be perfectly okay. One liquid feed would be fine. Uh, or even a, a bit of general. Granulated fertilizer would be fine as well. So the time to feed daffodils is right now or, or, or over the next two weeks, and that'll build them up for next year.
0: Okay. And from feeding daffodils to dandelions so starting to <laughs> come in the lawn. Them, is it? No. <laughs> how do we treat them? They haven't cut the lawn yet. What would be the the best way to tackle this problem? Right.
1: Well, what how would you do it? Well well what I would do first of all is actually feed the lawn. I would I would trim the lawn today give it a good dressing of fertiliser and that's going to feed the dandelions as well Mm -hmm. and uh, the reason you would do that is you'll make the dandelions softer and more susceptible to a treatment Uh, dandelions have a root like a Parsnip. So it tends to be, you know, a couple of these on the top of the surface. Treating that is not going to be sufficient to actually bring the treatment down into the root. So my advice really is to get out there, cut the lawn, tidy it up, give it a good dressing of fertilizer, of lawn fertilizer. That will stimulate the grass to green, but it will also encourage the weeds to start growing. Okay. And two weeks from The first application of the uh, fertilizer, put on a dandelion. You can get a specific, believe it or not, (laughs) dandelion lawn weed killer. uh, called dandelion and daisy, I think weed killer. Mix it in water, apply it on. Don't cut the grass for about a week before you apply it and leave it a couple of days after uh, treating the lawn area and that'll kill the dandelions off. So feed it first, get them growing apply the dandelion treatment, leave it for three days afterwards and that's the dandelion's gone.
0: That's perfect. We're going to take another quick break back in a few moments. Okay, <laughs> lots of killing going well, on today. Yeah, the murdering, murdering. Everything. <laughs> We're murdering everything. Uh, loads of different questions about different kinds of weeds, um, but we'll we'll try and well, some aren't weeds either, for that matter. But uh, things people don't want to take over. Uh, sure, let's go with that one. The ivy, uh, pork. How do we how do we tackle ivy that's uh, kind of running away with itself?
1: Well, the the easiest. It depends where it's growing, but the easiest uh, treatment if it's growing, say on a on a. Um, tree or a, a walled area the easiest thing to do is to cut it back to ground level allow it to come back into growth and then treat it with a weed free 360 or you can use a um stump treatment, uh, root stump treatment on ivy. Just paint it onto the actual uh, stems or new growth and that'll kill it off. So if it's growing across the ground, use the Weed Free 360. If it's growing on in 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 the base of a wall or on a stump of a tree, then then use the root stump treatment and that'll get rid of it. Lovely. Good time to do it as well, actually, yeah. Okay. I think we're going to be inundated in the next week or two with weed questions because we they're are. just going it's, to be a surge yeah. Of growth.
0: Yeah, there is. There is. Uh, so get ready and listen up <laughs> yeah. for your particular weed question. Um, Remember the
1: hoe is a good way as well now for light weeds. Yeah. This sort of sunny weather get okay. out the hoe you're, you're amazing how you know, within an hour you'd scuffle an awful lot of those particularly those annual weeds that are popping their head up now click weed and uh, you know, some of those just younger weeds You know, rather okay. than using weed.
0: Before they really do get a hold yeah. because yeah. then it's going to be a whole lot dif- more difficult. They'll, they'll
1: come into flower very very fast mm. even some of them like you were say are saying the dandelions and daisies and that clickweed, which is a white flower, a season flower in, in gardens at the moment, so they're bursting to come into flower and produce okay. seed and spread. Okay. Uh, so
0: now uh, somebody is looking for a nice garden tree to flower in May. They'd like to plant a tree for their godson's confirmation. Something oh, yeah, easy if possible.
1: Well, the the tree that comes to my mind straight away is a is a, a one of the malus family. It's one called malus Everest, yes. and as the name suggests. It's pure white flowers. The, the buds are actually red, really scarlet red colour in bud. And they they open to a pure white flower. So it looks like the tree is covered in snow. Mm-hmm. So that's Malus Everest. It comes into flower during April or, or um, late April, early May. It'll be flowering right through the May period. Um, nice tree. It actually produces that lovely fruit in the autumn. Small. It's in the apple family, believe it or not. And it's a very good pollinator okay. of other apple trees. But it's a very decorative uh, plant, uh, it's got lovely fruit then in the autumn, kind of small, orange, yellowish coloured fruit, um, which are high in pectin. Those malice, okay, which is good for jam which making. Which is good isn't for jam.
0: It sets the jam. Is that the go. thing that sets the
1: there jam. You go. So any anything in the malice family. So they they'd be quite nice. Um, Some of the cherries will be flowering through May. Prunus charrote is quite a nice one. It's the white flowering cherry. It's a flat-topped cherry. So it it actually makes quite a a nice medium, small to medium tree. Um, Beautiful white flowers will flower every May for you. Very reliable tree as well. So either those two would be nice. Malus Everest, which is lovely, or Prunus charrote would be two really nice trees. Easy to grow, trouble-free, you know, no problems at all once you've planted them. Nice idea, though, for planting to mark right. an occasion.
0: it's. I think it's a lovely idea and I, I think it's lovely as well for, um, you know, somebody who might have a christening present or something yeah. for, for children and, you know, sometimes it's very hard to kind of think of what's put, a what's kind of creative in. idea yeah. as a present and I just think trees are gorgeous presents particular together. Particularly
1: when it will you know, most of them will flower at that time of year, mm. every year. So if it's a particular you know, for May, then it's then, ideal. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, cabbage plants. Somebody bought some Savoy cabbage plants this okay. week, work and they're wondering, are they the same as early York types?
1: Well, no. There's a, there's a difference. Savoy cabbage is the curly cabbage that you get. Generally, it's, it's associated more with autumn, winter sort of period. Right. It's, it's you know, it's that... Rougher would be that the way to yes. describe it. yeah,
0: it's got bumpy.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's got that ribbed type uh, leaf structure on it. Lovely cabbage. Good time to you can actually plant it this time of year. It'll be ready in July for cutting. Tends to form reasonably large heads. You know, um, mm. you know, round, solid sort of a hedge cabbage. The early York would be varieties like Hispe, uh, um, cabbage hispe, which is a more pointed head, softer green cabbage, smoother texture. And they're, they're available as plants at this time of year as well. So really my advice is to plant a bit of both, to be honest. The early york, the hispe variety and the savoy cabbages, put them in together and you'll have a bit of a mixture of, of, of both. yeah.
0: The savoy are kind of darker green, not they? Darker green. Yeah, so I uh, suppose if you like that particular flavour.
1: That's what I was going to say. It's, mm. It tends to be a stronger Flavour, hmm. whereas the early york is more a spring cabbage. Mm, it's got that it's lighter, lighter mm. yellowish, and early foliage. Um, uh, but, but, but both are, are really good. And Hispay, the early york, tend to be very fast maturing. If you plant the plants now, they'll be ready in six weeks for cutting
0: okay the passion creeper somebody is wondering can they grow it is it passion flower they can grow it out of doors and where would you plant it out out of doors
1: okay yeah it it, it does grow out of doors it's actually one now that when you talked about the conservatory I should have mentioned passiflora would be nice in a conservatory as well it's one of those plants that will actually grow out of doors and indoors Um, it's a creeping plant very vigorous so if you're growing it out of doors you want quite a large wall uh, sheltered out of the wind and um preferably south facing where you'll get the sun all day beautiful plant and um uh, very vigorous it it scrambles or or climbs by tendrils a little bit like clematis so it's got these kind of uh spring like tendrils that wrap itself around any support you supply mm-hmm. so you need to put some up some trellis work uh, or some wires and literally just plant the plant like any climbing plant put put in a bit of effort into putting in the soil and preparing the soil well using, using a good quality compost and fertilizer uh, when you're planting it but a good time to plant passiflora um lavender blue is actually a lovely variety it's, 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 as the name suggests a blue flowering variety um, so Passiflora, a good time to plant south facing wall, sheltered out of the winds and um, well worth growing and quite a vigorous climber as well, it's actually one, well for that arch question, if, if the arch wasn't in too exposed of an area, it's one you could try as well, maybe on an arch, but tends to do better on a south facing sheltered wall but well worth growing out of doors okay. some great examples of it.
0: Now I know we get um, questions regarding trees and flowers in shaded areas but what about vegetables in a shaded area? Would you have any suggestions
1: there? There's not a lot that's going okay. to tolerate shade to be honest. You're better off um, you know, in, in for, for most or nearly all vegetables putting them into uh, as, as bright a location as you can. Generally the darker foliaged uh, vegetables will tolerate a little bit more shade but to be honest most if not all vegetables are better out in an open environment um, where they're going to get the sun to just do so much better
0: okay great um here's a curious one now is it okay to feed roses and azalea cordyline and everything else in the garden <laughs> with seaweed dust
1: well seaweed if it's uh it depends where the listener is getting the seaweed from if you're taking seaweed from the coast um harvesting seaweed the problem yeah. with it is it's very high in salt naturally, yes, uh, and you need to let it decompose. It's an excellent fertilizer, but it, it's very high in salt. And salt acts like a weed killer on plants. It actually damages um, high salt levels, will, will cause a lot of problems with, um, with garden plants, all garden plants. So if you're using natural seaweed, make sure you decompose it. It should be left for about six months, let the rain get at it, wash the salt out, and then it's perfectly okay to use on both vegetables and flowering plants. Of course, you can buy composted seaweed. You can buy the sea mungus that we talked about, mm-hmm. which is made from seaweed. Um, and it's properly decomposed, and that can be used on both vegetables and 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 uh, fruiting plants. Now, to be honest, for for shrubs, I would use something a little bit stronger. So I would use the Osmore Pro Six, or I use, would use a granulated tree and shrub feed. Um, for azaleas, they need a specific fertilizer. They're lime haters and you can buy a small tub of azalea uh, food, azalea fertilizer or rhododendron fertilizer, which is very good on camellias, azaleas, rhododendrons, those are sort of lime-hating plants. Okay. So keep maybe to a tree and shrub feed if it's predominantly shrubs. Uh, but certainly seaweed-based fertilizers are, are excellent for fruiting and vegetable plants and perennial plants, say like lupins and delphiniums, those softer type plants, the sea mongus would be excellent on them.
0: Excellent. Now, somebody's wondering about getting rid of ground elder. What's best to do that?
1: It's a tough one. Okay. Ground elder, bishop weed. It's oh, um, that's the bishop weed. That's the bishop weed. Uh, it, it's a it's a spreading plant. It's herbaceous by nature, which means it disappears in the winter time. Um, and it's one of those creeping plants that, particularly when it gets in through shr- trees and shrubs, can be very hard to eradicate. So, look at it, it. Depends where it's growing. It's too early to treat it yet. What I would do, what I would treat it to, is a little grain of fertilizer, like I mentioned with the briars, mm-hmm. and bring on the growth and make it lovely and soft. If the bishop weed or the ground elder is growing through other plants then i would use the roundup gel which is a like our, like hair gel you can literally dab it onto the foliage of the ground elder use a glove Uh, clasp the the plant into your hand and then just rub the Roundup Gel onto the plant and that'll kill it off. If it's in an open area where you can spray it without affecting other plants then use the Weed Free 360 but don't use it until there's plenty of growth and I wouldn't spray it until probably the end of April. So a little bit of fertiliser now soften it up and then apply either the Roundup Gel or the Weed Free 360 and that'll see it off.
0: Okay. Excellent. Now, uh, sorry, just a couple of these are kind of repeating themselves slightly. Somebody's wondering about lupins. Do they grow back every year and do they have them for a few they have them for a few years, but they don't seem to be growing this year.
1: No, they should be just starting now. The the lupins are again I was looking at them in my own garden this week. They're just about 3 or 4 inches above soil level at the moment. Um they are late, of course, like everything. Mm-hmm. Um they normally will last you won't have them forever, but you'll certainly have them for 4 or 5, 6 years. The, the the trick with lupins is when the flower starts to fade on the plant, cut this, the the old flower off before it produces seed, because that weakens the plant. Right. So if you're allowing the lupins to produce their own seed, yeah. then the plants themselves are becoming weakened. So late late uh, July, that's the time to cut the old flower stems, and they'll often repeat because you've stopped them from going to seed. They'll actually. Produce a second flush of flowers in late summer. Mm-hmm. So it's a good idea to take the old seed heads off. Good time to plant them. If you've got them in the garden, now is the time to feed them. And again, I mentioned the Seamongus or the Osmo Pro 6 would would give them a boost now and which need a boost. Watch out for the slugs with them as well. Okay. They do enjoy them.
0: Somebody loves spinach. I have to say, it's one of my favourite vegetables as Go well. On. How do you grow it and is this the time that you should sow it? Sorry. I'm, I'm
1: just having, just having a get drink it, of yeah. water. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Popeye comes to mind, huh?
0: Yes. Do do the young generation... I wish wish my muscles were like Popeye's muscles. They're not, I'll tell you.
1: Do the young generation know who Popeye is, I wonder? I mean, he was blanket, wasn't he? Wall to wall on the the TV. But anyway, spinach. I I
0: could sing the song, but I won't. Go on. No, I won't really. I won't. All <laughs> well, right. So let's go back the to the question. I have, that's the
1: least I have. Let me tell you. We'd have to end the program. Would, prematurely. Yeah. It might be
0: ended for me, in fact. All right. Well,
1: look. Spinach is very easy to grow. There are basically two types of of spinach plants. So there are the perpetual spinach, which is really a beet, a beet of vulgaris. It's a it's in the beet family, and that is called the rough spinach or prickly spinach which mm. is generally an autumn winter spinach variety so if you want spinach that you don't have to sow every year go for that one that's uh the perpetual spinach but it tends to be a little bit coarser it's probably not the one you use in the in the kitchen there yeah. is the the no. oh, well the, actually no
0: i know the one you're talking about yeah
1: and it is it, it's it's nice yeah it's yeah. nice but it, yeah but the the if you if you grow the regular spinach and yeah. um, which you have to sow from seed every year and now, and now is a good time to actually sow the seed of it um the it it produces larger foliage rounder foliage but softer foliage as well which tends to be better flavoured the, the trick with spinach is to keep it growing so you sow it from seed at this time of year it'll germinate in about two weeks but feed it well mm-hmm. with liquid feeds and water it well make sure there's plenty of moisture because if it dries out it stops growing and runs to seed uh, my advice is really to sow some seed now mm-hmm. Thompson and Oregon do a very good range of um, spinach seed varieties dark uh, stemmed varieties dark foliage varieties sow the seed now and then sow fresh seed in about six weeks' time. And then late summer, sow another sowing. So that you've, you've got spinach coming over a, anything up to a six-month period. So that'll bring you right into the autumn period. Uh, the seed will germinate in about two weeks' time. Liquid feed it, water it well. Keep it growing is basically what I'm saying. Don't allow it to stop growing. And you get lovely soft uh, bunches of spinach leaves. young, And that's really where the, where the best flavour. High in vitamin A. I am vitamin B, photic acid, I believe. Mm-hmm. And iron. Um and you need a lot of it, as you know, if you if you steam it, it steams down it to does, nothing. It, yeah. So you need quite a bit of it. So a generous sowing. So I would sow some seed now, um, and then allow that to grow on and six weeks later sow from Fresh seed, and again six weeks later, sow some seed again of spinach. The plants are available actually at this time of year as well with all vegetable plants. So maybe do a little bit of both, plant some plants mm-hmm. and sow we'll some, some seed,
0: seeds and see how you get on. Yeah,
1: and go for the annual variety. You will find better flavoured. Right, the perpetual spinach. Well, you'll, it's like rhubarb you'll have it for quite a number of years but once will, once planted yeah. but it tends to be a little bit coarser yeah. and is used generally for late autumn winter period okay
0: lovely stuff good luck with the spinach growing you have to try it. Mm. try it if
1: you're not fond of it
0: Oh, yeah, No, I I, I do. It's yeah. It is one of my favourite ones. Um, Somebody is wondering, they just bought bare-rooted hornbeam plants. They've yeah. potted them and they have them in a polytunnel and the leaves are just breaking. When can they plant them?
1: Well, first of all, there's no need to put them into the, into the uh, polytunnel. But the fact that they're there and the young leaves are coming on them, leave them there. Um, and I would wait until the weather warms up nicely. So about the middle of April would be a good time. Hornbeam is... F- totally frost hardy, you can leave it out of the doors but with the fresh young growth on it now if we did get a cold snap or the cold easterly wind would mm. burn that young growth on them so leave them in the tunnel uh, for about another two weeks, keep them well watered and um, plant them out about the last week of April and they'll be perfectly fine, they'll take off
0: Great. Finally, can you use pre-mazer on established rockeries?
1: Well pre-mazer, to explain what pre-mazer is, it's it's a weed killer that's used to stop weeds from growing mm. Right. Ideally, it shouldn't be used on surface rooting plants. So I wouldn't use it on a rockery area. It's it uses where you've got trees, shrubs, roses, uh, fruit trees under hedges. Those well established plants where the roots are more than six inches below soil level. So Premazer is excellent amongst you know rose beds, fruit beds, traditional shrub beds. But where you've got young rockery plants, the roots are within a two or three inches of soil level. Premazer may and, and most probably will damage those. So I, w- I wouldn't use it in a rockery area. I wouldn't use it where you've got surface bulbs like crocuses or snowdrops close to the surface. Okay. Fine for daffodils because they're deep enough. But so keep the pre really too. Large shrub beds, established shrub beds, pathways, driveways, under fruit trees, under your hedge. Apply it now. It'll keep the be- bed weed free right through to the end of the summer. Okay
0: perfect I'm afraid we're going to have to leave it there so
1: remember next weekend yep. we've got, got Mr Osmo coming mm-hmm. down uh, so if people have questions on lawns or moss problems or putting in new lawns or whatever come down next Saturday and Sunday that's the 13th and 14th of April and we've also got our hedging expert down uh, so again if you're interested in hedging plants and want to do there'll be a wide variety of plants to see and touch and, and have a look at and also we'll have our expert on hand to, to talk to people about them
0: brilliant and if people have missed any information this morning the program is podcast and we should have up open about 20 minutes or so. Uh, that's it from me and from Horik. Uh, we'll be back again next Saturday. I'll be hearing from 7. Stand by. Michael Neary is live from Connacht Gold in Westport directly after the news with Angelina Nugent.